Welcome to the Scalability Podcast, your go-to resource for those who want to profitably grow your business beyond the limits of your personal time, energy, and skills. So hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Scalability Podcast, and I am joined today by Mr. Rich. And actually, what's your last name, bro? Uh, Alvarado. Rich Alvarado. Rich Visuals on Instagram. You're definitely going to want to make sure you go follow him, and um, just to give a little bit of context... Rich was um, was actually speaking at one of my very good friends' events, um, and the event had to do with basically uh, content and leveling up your game when it comes to content, and you guys were speaking to real estate agents. And Rich really caught my attention because there's not very many creatives that I bump into who are very well-balanced um, when it comes to thinking about entrepreneurship and creativity, so that caught my attention. Immediately, I'm like, man, I got to connect with this guy. Um, so with that being said, man, can you actually give like an intro about yourself? Cool. Well, I haven't done one of these in a while, <laughs> but we'll give it a go. Um, <clears throat> yeah, my name is Richard. Um, so I pretty much come from, I've done a lot of things. Like, I'll just give you a brief summary just to kind of do the scope. I wanted to be a real estate agent. I wanted to be a firefighter. I wanted to be a stunt fighter. I wanted to be a professional parkour athlete. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a world backpack world traveler. I've been all across the spectrum of like what I was chasing as far as like, actually even before that, I wanted to be, my dream goal when I was in middle school to high school was to be in SWAT team, oh, like in law enforcement. <laughs> so like I was just jumping like all across the board. Yeah. And um, yeah, so basically from there, I ended up going into videography because I was teaching parkour. Yeah. So, and this is kind of going into, we'll segue, but Parkour, like jumping around and like yeah, like climbing, doing oh, flips. Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I started that when I was in middle school, and basically my friend came up to me, showed me a video of someone just jumping off a roof. The next day we're jumping off the bathrooms and doing back <laughs> off the freaking walls, and it was yeah, it was literally like the next day we saw we're like monkey see monkey do, and we're just yeah. on it. How old are you? Uh, like 12, 13. You know, you know what's hilarious? My yeah. son, my son, um, he loves parkour. Uh, and, and you know this this since he was just a kid he loved jumping off everything like I, I had actually been wanting to take him to like a legit parkour gym no uh, I was gonna but, say there's one here in San Jose really yeah 10,000 yeah. square foot uh, 10,000 square foot facility yeah I, I gotta go check that out man because uh, he's he's just <laughs> I, I mean dude he, he's crazy like this kid like mm. I get scared as a parent because I'm like <laughs> well not just like you're gonna get hurt yeah because <clears throat> that sucks I don't want my son getting hurt but at the same time, like, I don't want to be in the fucking hospital for hours like, yeah. with them taking care of your leg either, dog. But yeah. if you're just going to keep on doing it, we might as well just take it serious, you know? 100%. I mean, on that, I mean, throughout my years, I did get a couple of concussions. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I mean, it's just kind of, it comes with it. There's a couple of times I slipped and got wrecked. Um, but, yeah. And pretty much that segue to teaching. And then teaching went to, I would just film us at the gym. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, whoa, I can actually, like, film yeah. And then I, then I decided to do my first music video with my cousin for free. <laughs> and I was like, let's just do something, man. I don't know. I just, yeah. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And then from there, just, just kept going. And yeah, now that led to being a videographer. Um, I went to college and tried to learn at school. Mm-hmm. And school just wasn't for me. Like I took the <laughs> classes. I failed every single film class. I took like two or three. And I was just like, it wasn't reading and doing yeah. just like 
the theory of it just did not like it didn't click. Well, dude, thank God that uh, <laughs> there, there's no nobody saying, "Hey, you can't film if you don't have a certificate." Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah that's one of the things I was thinking yeah. about too, because I was I was seeing some other people and I was like, "Okay, so you show your work and that's how you get hired." Yeah. But they're not saying, oh, you have a degree. They're just like, are you good? Yeah. So then I was like, okay, maybe I don't actually need to go to school for this route. Yeah. And so that was kind of cool because I was like, okay, cool. I'm not good at school anyways. We're out yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're 25, right? And I talk about generations a lot. Um, you know, I'm 30. I think, um, you know, your generation is a little more woke than my generation was. Because mm. uh, are you a millennial? You're not, right? You're like on the next one under. What is, what is I don't know, actually. Yeah, what would it be? Uh, maybe you are, maybe you're not. Pepe's going to look it up for us. But <laughs> basically, like, you know, we, we grew up uh, being pushed college all the time. Mm. Um, for you, you're, you were starting to see, like, hey, people are not getting paid. Yeah. You know, enough to even pay back their freaking degrees. Yeah. Right? Um, when they're going to college. But so now you figure out, like, hey, uh, you know, I don't need a degree. I just need to put up a dope-ass portfolio. Yeah. And then, you know, you can go that route, right? So <clears throat> when did you start turning it into, like, turning these visuals into money? Um, <clears throat> so that first video happened, and I did, like, two, maybe two to three free videos with my cousin. Yeah. And basically, um, yeah, we did those two free videos, and then one of his friends was like, hey, dude, you do music videos? And I was like, cool. And it, the crazy thing, and thinking about it now, it's, it's always like their scales, right? There's another level. Yeah, of course. I was thinking, oh my, I don't know what to charge. I don't know, like, I didn't know anything, and I didn't have anyone helping me. I was just like, I don't know anyone who did video, besides people doing hobby, like photography. Like, I don't know, I don't know anyone making money. So I said, uh, $200. And I remember <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, this, I don't know, he's gonna say no, it's a lot of money. Yeah. And this is what, like, I don't know, I was still young. I don't remember what age, but I was just thinking, I don't know if I'm gonna get paid for this. Yeah. He's like, yeah, cool, $200. <laughs> and I did this freaking long, crazy long music videos. It was pretty difficult. But then that was the first time where I realized like, whoa, I can get paid for doing this. And yeah. it was actually really fun and creative. So, so. so fast forward to now, what's the most you've gotten paid for one project? For one project, I guess it depends what you'd say, because that could be like, 5,000, but that was kind of like a bundle thing. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk about one video, currently right now, it's 1,200, and that's for like a 25-second video. Okay, got it. Yeah. yeah, so I'd say that's for one singular video. Yeah. And I've seen a lot, like the whole spectrum. You know, like I've met people who are like, yeah, dude, I'm getting like, you know, 10K, 20K jobs, and I'm like, oh, sick. I'm not at that level yet. You know, that'd be yeah. really cool, but I also see the opposite, which is... Um, People, not even people just starting out, but people really undercutting what they can get paid as yeah. far as like what they can offer. Even if it's like, even just, let's just say music videos, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, I'll do a music video for like $200, $300. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whoa. And it's like a full three minute video and it, you know, effects and everything. And yeah. like, that's, that's a lot of work. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty interesting industry. Um, yeah. You know, and, and also like, if you guys go look at his work, um, he has the ability to charge $10,000, $20,000 for his work. Like, I've already seen it vetted, um, you know. So if you are listening and you want a big commercial production, he's definitely an option um, to go look at. So with that being said, um, you know, you, you figured out how to get to the point where... Um, you know, how to get to the point where you can charge higher prices, which, mm -hmm. you know, 1200 bucks for a 25 second video, cool. How long does it usually take you to like knock out that project? If I were to put it um, in hours, let me think. 
I'll mm-hmm. put it in this way. Let's say that $1,200 project could be done like time-wise, like the actual amount of hours within a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, I'm not like shooting and ending it the same day because that would be yeah. crazy, but at the amount of actual hours put into it, I would say like less than a day. So yeah, so like, is a day eight hours, a day 10 hours? Let's put an example. For that project specifically, it was a restaurant commercial, and we also did a photo shoot too, so that was just adding extra time. So let's take that out. I would say it took about three and a half hours to shoot. Um, we did it in the restaurant. That edit probably took about anywhere from eight, no, seven and a half to 10 hours. I'm not really sure, somewhere in that range. Cause sometimes I just go back and tweak it when I don't even need to, just kind sure, of perfectionist. Sure, sure. Okay. But being done, I would say seven and a half, eight okay. hours. $1,200 for that project, mm-hmm. seven and a half. So uh, let's see here, so let's just, to 1200 divided by 7.5. So basically somewhere between 160 or 120 to $160 an hour is what that breaks down to, right? Yeah, and it's not uncommon to, to <laughs> sometimes honestly, like if I'm just getting paid hourly, it'd be like, it can be somewhere like $100 an hour just to be yeah. a shooter for something and not necessarily sure. like a DP, like a short film and stuff. Like I actually sometimes have people pay me where they can't afford to make a whole edit or something, Yeah. but they like the way I shoot and they're like, listen, I'll just pay you for your time and sometimes the footage too. And, or actually with the footage, and I'm like, okay, cool, like $100 an hour, that'll work yeah. for them, especially if I know that I'm trying to help them out. Yeah. And um, yeah, sometimes they'll just repurpose, because a lot of people are getting pretty savvy with like CapCut and things like that to be able mm-hmm. to grab footage, and it's not gonna be as crazy as these edits and commercials we can do, but if they're just like, I just want content, like an example, I was hired by an athlete, and uh, he's trying to promote his fitness page, right? It's like, I can't afford to just do content on a bit, uh, constant basis or pay you for a whole edit where yeah. I'm at but if you come in for two hours three hours you know hundred dollars an hour you do your thing we get just knock out these workout videos mm-hmm. and you just you know hand me that footage for that and I'll do the rest yeah and so I was like yeah dude like I'd love to help you out in that way so yeah which I mean it's, it's good now right you're still young 20 you're 25 right yeah. but eventually you got to get to the point where you're making like real money, you know 100%. what I mean? Where you're able to make, you know, have months where you can pay yourself 20 grand plus consistently. Um, you have money to put away, you know, your living is 30% of your income, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, but that's where most creatives will never get. That's a, that's a really good point. And this is where I am at a crossroads, I would say, because in, Kind of to go back a little bit, and this will explain like my thought process on these things. Yeah. Every single thing I wanted to do, I always see what's the end result. And I, I not to say nobody does this, but I don't see it that often when I talk to people. Mm-hmm. Like they get think they think about the process, and then the glorified end result, but not the end result you're living it day to day. For an example, and this isn't a bad thing; it's just a personal preference. When I wanted to be a stunt fighter, right? I was like doing flips. Me and my friends were doing stunt choreography. I was getting on like I was starting to get these small projects for GoFundMe's where I was like mm-hmm. the stunt double, and I was like, okay, like <laughs> you know. And I could have pursued that, but then I started meeting people in the industry who, and I'd seen firsthand people in the industry who were just not taken care of in that industry. And I saw yeah. you were disposable. You yep. break your leg, it's just like you're done. You're done. I mean, yeah. it's like an athlete too, but it's just like you're done, and there's not like. And so then I was like, okay, I don't want to be in a position where if my body breaks, not that I want that to, sure. but I get no income. Like I'm pretty much screwed, right? Yeah. So when I would look at these other things too, like being a firefighter, everything about that was cool, right? Everyone loves firefighters. But when I went on ride-alongs and I asked them like, what is your day-to-day life like? 
it just wasn't for me exactly. I want a little bit more flexibility. Mm-hmm. And they have a pretty good amount of flexibility too. I talked to them. But after really asking them, like, okay, what is it like on a day-to-day, month-to-month, like, regardless of how much you're making, like, what's the actual lifestyle, you know? And uh, it just wasn't for me. And also the pay was also, like, I feel like there's a certain point where it stops in all those fields. Um, but so I kind of got a little off, shop, off topic. What was your question again? No, we, we, were, ta- we were basically talking about, um, you know, sustainability, right? Or like yes, the, yes. The, 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 you know, being able to make real money again, right? With, with what it is that you're doing, right? So yes. let's, let, let, let me, let me kind of guide us uh, in this way, right? Because I feel like, um, I feel like you are going in the right direction. What I would say it, it, for someone who wants to become an entrepreneur with a scalable mm-hmm. business, right? Because oh, yeah. when it when it comes to like building, because we talked about like mm-hmm. you're, you're very interested in like building out an agency, yes, definitely, right? And um, like I was telling you when when we met, I'm building a video editing agency, yeah, right. Um, and I'll tell you why in, in, in a sec, right? But like more of the details why. But I am not a video editor. Yeah. I'm not even a creative. Yeah. I understand creative. I respect creative. But creative doesn't equal money. Okay. Um, is, is what I found. Yeah. So, um, you know, for you as a creative, like, let me ask you a question. Mm. If we were not talking about, uh, if we were not talking about agencies and, I could not kind of like give you some tips on how to go to create like a scalable yeah. agency where you can do uh, monthly recurring revenue and things like that. What what direction would you have gone? You know, what what direction would you have built in? Are you saying in the, in the like where I was at before I started thinking about agency, like creative space? Right. Okay. Let's just say you're starting an agency right now with the current knowledge that you have. What okay. what's what does the agency look like? Structure all that. Okay. So it's in the infancy of the idea, but I'll tell you what my thought process is. Um, I realized that there was no scalability on the other side, and I was, and as a DP, I was stuck by my time. You can get paid very well, but it's like you have to be on set grinding for 12 hours to get that. And yep. then also it's ups and downs. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, how do you get scalability or delegate or pretty much make this to an actual company versus a freelance artist, mm-hmm. right? Um, the way that I was thinking of it right now and trying to position it is, Kind of similar to yours, but, um, or what I've seen at least, because I don't know too much in depth, but mm-hmm. essentially on offering the, uh, getting more on the consistent basis with these companies, because I can bring a constant cash flow. And that's where my, my mind has been going, because I've been, you know, months would be good and the months would be dry. Months would be good. And I see this in even people who are doing two, three times better than me. And I talk to them and they're just like, yeah, dude, like, I'll get a big job and there's like a month, it's just crickets and I'm like, mm-hmm. man, and I was like, how can you scale or, or make this plan if you don't even know if you'll make this much or this much, right? It could, and it could be half. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's definitely going more towards reels, short form content, uh, things where people can just in high volume push out. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I'm trying to do differently, and this is, again, I'm trying to still formulate the idea, but trying to offer that into a premium market mm-hmm. so like mid to high tier businesses sure and because I've, I've met a couple recently now that I've kind of switched my because per- my initial approach was a uh, cinematographer production company mm-hmm. right but um, these smaller businesses because that's the space I'm in right now currently mm-hmm. it's difficult to get people to to pay that type of money 
Of course. You know, and especially in the small <laughs> business realm. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. And but it's way more enticing to be like, okay, instead of one commercial for fifteen hundred, right, for twenty seconds to show your drinks or something, let's do something in that realm for this amount of reels, mm-hmm. right? Or you know, photos and talking heads and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I realize in my experiments that that has been becoming more um, enticing mm-hmm. in the small business realm too. So I don't know because I personally don't have connections in like the premium business realm. I would like mm-hmm. to, um, but this is just like in my current realm of small to like medium tier businesses, Yeah, what I've uh, experienced. Perfect. So, you know, um, that, that's, that's like per, uh, a perfect way of thinking, right? Um, because there, there's, a, there's a couple things. There's a sweet spot when it comes to the type of companies you want to work with mm-hmm. or the type of like entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. So, um, the, in regards to high tier, like unless you have those relationships already, it's extremely yeah. difficult to get into those spaces. Um, you know, and don't get me wrong, a lot of these connections might be a step away. Somebody who's listening to this might, like, dude, like I used to have a roommate who uh, his best friend, his best friend's dad was like the right hand man to the CEO at Walmart. Like, mm. I don't got those connections, but they yeah, do, right. Yeah. And maybe if we have an offering for them, we could do that. But for right now, um, you're 100% right. So like when I'm looking at products um, to build, uh, for me personally, I'm looking at um, number one, things that I don't have to do myself. Right. Yeah. If I have to do the product, it's not a good product. Mm. Okay. That's that's the very like first and foremost. Um, because for me, like why I had like it, it wasn't. It's not even an option for me. Right. Do I like like Do I like I actually like coaching people. I like um, <clears throat> you know I like coaching people. I like being involved in stuff. But I also have uh, so I have a mental disorder called bipolar disease. Right. Mm. So by like I can get depressed out of nowhere and be gone for two three months. Yeah. No, no one can get a hold of me, you know, I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. So if I tie myself to the delivery of the product, mm. it becomes extremely inconsistent. That was like one of my biggest flaws that I was dealing with at the beginning stages of being an entrepreneur was like going gung-ho like, and, and going after things because bipolar, as much as you get depressed, um, for some of us who have this disease, we also get manic, yeah. which mania is uh, is being on a really high level. Like you're on cocaine, yeah. but you don't need cocaine. Yeah. There's there's times where I can like you know work two three weeks in a row, sleep for an hour a day, sometimes don't sleep at all, and I'm just on go mode all the time. My brain won't shut up. I'm extremely euphoric, and people when they see you, they're like, oh, he's very charismatic, and he's very right all these things. So so there's times where like I live in that world, and those are the times when I'm crushing it. I'm you know I'm getting more yeah. work done than anybody. <clears throat> so, but when I at first I didn't realize I was bipolar. It's not till I got older, uh, and it got really bad. Um, because if you don't treat it, it gets worse. So yeah, yeah, it's something, and it's something I talk about more yeah. now because there's probably people who, like, dude, I thought I was a failure. Realistically, yeah. I'm like, no, it's it's not. You're, you're not a failure. You just gotta learn. It's self awareness, right? So once yeah. I learned that, I'm like, okay, uh, and it's not even once I learned that. I did not realize that I was building companies to cope with like my mental my, my mental health, right? So now I know, <clears throat> out of responsibility. I cannot commit myself to a product. So I cannot go shoot, I mm. cannot edit, I cannot record, I cannot do anything. Yeah. But what I can do is I can say, hmm, what, what's going on in the market right now that I can fulfill? So the very first product that um, you know I fulfilled that I built up, um, because before I built up my own company, I was working for other companies, and same thing, it would happen with them too. I would like, yeah. you know, build their companies up and disappear, come back, like all that. 
But the first product that I thought about was like, okay, virtual assistants. Well, hey, Richard, you're growing. You need a virtual assistant. Um, you know, let me find you one. What do you need? Video editing? Do you need an assistant? Do you need a whatever, mm. whatever, whatever? You know, and I charge, uh, they, you know, the virtual assistant tells me how much they want to make per hour. I mark it up, give it to you, write a contract. I got a company in the Philippines, got a contract with them, got a, you know, uh, contract with you here. You guys go off and do your thing. Yeah. I have I built a team around them, like account management, HR, like all this stuff around them. Mm. So now I got monthly recurring revenue. I don't have to deal with the product. I really only deal with like the biggest fires. I recently just took on a business partner because I know that I I, I know that I get depressed. Um, so yeah. it's better for me to have a business partner who, when I'm not here, he can handle stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, boom, monthly recurring revenue. All right, bet. So uh, I was just gonna ask. So what? Um, what kind of led your your business ventures? Like what gave? Because it seems like you mm. you know like you learn you have knowledge in these things, right? And obviously, I'm sure there's a lot through trial and error. Yeah. But like, did you go to? Did you study this? Did you okay. go to school for? It's a really great question. So first, like I saw, just like you, yeah, I fucking sucked at school. Yeah. I, I could not pay attention for shit. It was just not interesting to me. I yeah. was I, I was a gangster, bro. I grew up on the east side. Um, so school was bad. I started working in a similar industry to, it's also a creative industry too. It's just a different type of creative, which is website building. Okay. Mm. So it's the same problems that you deal with. Yeah. Feast or famine. Hey, a project comes in three to $8,000. Hell yeah. We're, we're happy, right? Yeah. We're working on the project, getting it done. But also the same way that a creative project can get delayed because of client communication, because of unseen things, because we said, oh yeah, we can do this, and then fuck, we can't, and mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, there's all these problems that happen along the way. Same thing with website development, right? And yeah. the same way that you have the person shooting it, you have the DP, you have this, you have the that, you have the editor, whatever. Same thing in web development. You have the graphic designer to put together the the uh, the layout. You have the person doing the HTML, the person doing the CSS. You have the person writing the copy. You have the person like you know. So it's 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 the same thing. Yeah. But with websites. So what happened was, I got really good at building websites. Mm -hmm. um, so. A few different factors. So when I was 19, I had to take care of my son. Like he was, I had custody of my son. So, um, so that forced me to, um, it forced me to like, you know, and, and also it didn't help like when I was 19 years old, um, my mom, you know, was getting evicted and she came to me and she was like, hey, wherever we go, like you can't come. Mm. So I'm like, okay, shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. So now I have a full-time job. I'm trying to build this website company. Um, but something happened, right? Like, I don't know why, but, oh yeah, the book, uh, the four hour work week, right? I talk about the four hour yeah. work week all the time. Um, especially if you're somebody who's like, I mean, everybody should read that book, not because you should be working a four hour work week. Don't do that shit. Um, learn the four hour work week mentality and implement it into your day to day. Okay. Can you stop scratching your nipple in front of me? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's all doing all slow too. It's like continue. <laughs> Grow up, Tell me about this. Just behind the camera. But uh, yeah. anyways. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I know. But, uh, he kept going too. <laughs> he did. Uh, but um, 
But yeah, so before our work week, and then uh, it talked about outsourcing. And then later on, um, you know, a book called Virtual Freedom came in. I read Virtual Freedom, and, uh, you know, after I read Virtual Freedom, I was like, shit, okay, it taught you how to, like, hire people in the Philippines. Mm. And, dude, my first virtual assistant, I got him at, like, two bucks an hour, and then he started building the websites, and I was like, holy fucking shit. And he built them better than I did. Oh, really? <laughs> right? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, damn. Yeah. And, bro, you got to, like, think about it. Like, I, I felt like, like I just discovered, like, the secret sauce. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at $2 an hour. Right. And yeah. then, dude, so what did I do? Um, I, I knew I was supposed to, like, shut up about it because you don't give away your trade secrets, but mm -hmm. I couldn't. I was like, dude, I started telling all my friends, all yeah. my family. I'm like, dude, you could get people in the Philippines. They're fucking awesome, you know? And then, like, I would, like, answer all of my friend and family's objectives, or sorry, objections, because uh, they would say, well, what if they steal from you? Or what if mm. this? What if that? What if, what if, what if, what if? And then, like, I would convince them to hire somebody. And then I would go find that person. Yeah. And, dude, I, I helped a bunch of people get jobs. And I was like, holy shit, this is a lot of work. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I have to teach. You know, and a lot of times, like, you know, <laughs> my friends, you know, shit, a lot of times they're idiots. And it's like, dude, they don't know how to manage people. They don't know how to fucking, like, they didn't know the shit that I knew. When it came to, I don't know, man, like software and processes has always been second nature for me. Interesting. I don't yeah. know why. I just been able to touch software. I get it. I under, you know, and probably because like I learned about uh, how to make beats when I was younger. Okay. And I had to self learn that program and I was making like hip hop and rap beats and yeah. that was before YouTube was out. Right. Yeah. So I, I really had to self learn that. Um, so I think that transferred into business yeah. because I just was really good at knowing new stuff. So then we get the, the virtual assistants for the for my friend's family. And then uh, I'm like, yeah, it is a lot of work. So I did some research and I saw other companies, um, you know, charging for the service. And they're charging $8, 10 12 $15 an hour. And I'm like, bruh, I know how much I'm paying. Yeah. <laughs> I know how much, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, this is a business. Mm -hmm. So I started productizing it, wrapping it up, putting it into a package. And uh, that's how I came out with, uh, with my product, right? And it's, it's good because I knew that, see, I knew that before this business started, I knew that I needed a product that was monthly recurring revenue yeah. for multiple reasons. Um, mainly because I was a single father and yeah. I couldn't afford to not have predictable income. Predictable income was just like a non-negotiable. Yeah. I need to know how much I'm going to make. Right? Because yeah. what the fuck do I look like being a single father homeless with my son? Yeah. One. Uh, two was, uh, again, like I kept failing multiple times when I was the person who had to deliver the work. I, I am, I am mm. fucking notorious. I am notorious for starting projects and not completing them and feeling like a failure. Right? Mm. And I, I put up with that for so dude that, that what that does to your self identity over yeah. a long time, bro, it fucks with you, right? Yeah. Um, so now I figure out like, okay, so now I have a team for everything. It took like six people to replace me in my business, right? Mm -hmm. So now I have people for everything. Um, and so yeah, dude, that's that's how I came up with that product. So now what so now what's the difference between like Last year, and you know, Outsource Plug is great. It's a seven-figure company. Mm. Um, you know, it pays for my lifestyle. We have employees. We get to we get to do cool stuff, right? We took a big hit in November, December, yeah, but we're already bouncing back. But here's what I realized this year. This is where you and I kind of connected. 
what I realized this year, again, if I hire a virtual assistant for somebody or uh, you know, an entrepreneur or a company, there's so many problems that come with that, um, with that product for management, yeah. right? So what I decided this year is like, you know what? I'm better at, man. Like, there's been multiple situations where a client is like, this virtual assistant sucks. And then I take them on and turn them into a rock star. Okay. Yeah. And, and then I start to realize like, dude, the virtual assistant doesn't suck. You suck at management, at motivating people, at creating culture, at creating systems, at creating processes, at training, at right? Like you suck at all that stuff. Yeah. Not the virtual assistant. Yeah. Right? Because all we had to do is move them to another company or move them to my company or move them to with a new manager, move them with someone who gives a fuck. Yeah. And then they strive. Are you talking about the, the clients or the or the virtual assistants? The virtual assistants. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's just like having the right guidance. Right, yeah, and, and most of these companies, you know, they think that like hiring a virtual assistant, they're supposed to have like superpowers, yeah, like which if, if they fail with virtual assistants, they're likely failing within their own company too. Um, but anyways, this year it's, for me, I'm like way more about mobilizing the virtual assistants, creating processes, systems, and then creating a brand, putting pricing to it, and saying, hey, here's, now we're selling reels, that you, I could have sold you the virtual the virtual assistant at like a fucking eighty percent discount. Yeah. But you don't know how to manage the whole thing and get the end result. But I do. So yeah. now we're selling that, right? And uh, you know, dude, we just launched a product a week ago, and we're almost up like twenty grand in that product. Wow. Right. That's yeah. And and that's what this year is going to be about is yeah. what other products can we create? The same resources, same people, yeah. but we do the management and all that, right? So that's kind of like how, uh, how you and I started talking because it's like, hey, if we're going in that same direction, you know, I'm happy to coach you and I don't mind coaching competition. Um, you know, I, if we can support you, cool. But also it's like, hey, fuck, how much further could we get if we work together? Who knows? 100%. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm definitely of that uh, abundance mindset. Yeah. And like the money is just, it doesn't disappear. It's just moving, you know. And so it's enough for pretty much... I found it really interesting. This is like my personal experience, but I would say a lot of people agree. In the creative space, sometimes it feels like people are just person against person. Oh, right? Of course, and yeah. It's like, and I mean, there is an element of like, yes, they are technically a competition, but I feel like when you see it that way and you act that way, it's like you're not really doing anything to help the whole community. And it's like you could, like right now, I have a pretty good balance of, you know, if I can't, if I can't take a job or something, I'm not just like, see you later. Like, I literally just give it to another friend. And maybe they even get that client now. I was like, cool, he might have been a better fit. Yeah. And it's like that whole, and same thing for them, though. Like, when they have someone who, like, if they can't, you know, I do, like, main thing I do is sports. Sports and action. So yeah. they know if, like, there's a project like that, and they're like, I'm not really sure, but Rich is your guy. Mm-hmm. And so it's mm-hmm. like this whole ecosystem. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. just like a, a healthier way and everybody wins. Um, yeah, know? definitely. But, like, a lot of the people who make it in or who get to creative, they don't... I think I think the higher you get in business, the higher you get in revenue, the more enlightening, um, the more enlightened people are, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that a lot of people in the creative space don't get out of that, um, and they stay in that like cutthroat mindset, which oh, sucks. Because yeah. also it's like you know I would challenge you too. It's like hey, reels are cool, but like how do we create? How do we make creative into a monthly recurring revenue product? How do we create it into a product? You know, that's that's a question that I would challenge you too, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, what popped up in uh, what? So my, my business partner Brendan, he, like last year, he did like over seven million dollars, or 
No, last year they did 5.5, but the year before wow. that they did $7 million yeah. in real estate marketing. And it's the same thing, creative, except you're shooting a box. And it gets a little boring over time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing is, it's, it's under creative, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like I would challenge, like what I would challenge creatives who are listening to this too, how can you turn your, your skills into something that, number one, you're not going to have to do. Mm-hmm. Number two, you can hire and mobilize a team and create systems and something that you have to produce like over and over and over again. So, yeah. like, what are some ideas, bro? Yeah, you know, that's, that's actually really interesting because this is a conversation, and a lot of my friends, because if any of you guys watch this, uh, I say all the time, it's like, we're talking about our businesses, like, okay, what's, what's the scalability of what we're doing right now? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, when we get to that part of it, because we think we get caught up in, like, this project, doing this thing, the visuals, yeah. the, the technical parts of it, how do I make this beautiful, and cinematography, and gear. But when we talk about, like, actual financials, yeah. That's where it's like, I mean, we're doing cool stuff. And we're making like, wow, that's, that's really nice. But then we started talking about it in a business sense. Mm-hmm. And that's where it all starts to crumble. Like we're just mm-hmm. like undervalued. The situations are not optimal. It can't be outsourced. Because like right now, like for someone to replace me to shoot exactly what I shoot, there's a, lo- a lower amount of people or there's yeah. a smaller pool, right? Yeah. There's obviously people higher than me, but like it's, that's harder to do, to do that. But on the where the barrier of entry is lower, and this is why like, I had my idea, is in these reels, you can do pretty great work and have it at a lower barrier of entry, where someone mm-hmm. who has like, an entry-level camera and a gimbal, yep. maybe even a phone, you can, I've, I've seen it done too, but this is more like someone who is like, I wanna do videography and has been in it for five months, six months, mm-hmm. and so their benefit is like they're starting to get paid, and yep. then you, you're like, okay, perfect. It's like a perfect mix because now you can get uh, rates that make a business sustainable. Mm-hmm. You could shoot, send them to go shoot your reels because the reels aren't like, when I go to shoot a reel, I'm not a cinematographer. I'm not mm-hmm. doing lighting, doing script. It's like, we're gonna make this nice, we're gonna pour the drinks, get cool transitions, it'll be beautiful. Maybe one light, right? Mm-hmm. That's about it, but that's something. Yeah, and you you're talking have. about reels for like a restaurant. That's, that's an example I use because that's kind of one of these spaces that I, I tend to lean into, like mm-hmm. food, restaurant. But, um, yeah, and actually, that's that's a great product, right? Like, imagine you created an agency where all we do is restaurant reels. Because mm-hmm. why? Because uh, or even like clubs too. Like clubs, you they have mm-hmm. constant events, they have constant new constant. things popping up, and it's like, hey, we will charge you, you know, two thousand dollars per month, mm-hmm. every single month, and you're gonna get, you know, one event or mm-hmm. something. You're gonna, you know, you can package it however you want. But <clears throat> see, the thing is that. A lot of times creatives, creatives are creative, but they don't tie their work to results, right? So it's like, what what is this $10,000? See, if I'm gonna shoot a $10,000 commercial, then I need to make at least 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, right? And and a lot of times creatives can't can't turn that 10, they they can't fucking talk about or they can't, what's the word? I get get what you're saying, that's a really interesting thing. um, Cause- What's the fucking word I'm thinking about though? They can't articulate. They can't say how that $10,000 is gonna turn into 50, whatever, sorry. They can't, um, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's like pretty much, um, they can't tie it to the end result. Mm -hmm. Um, I get what you're saying, I think think the way, and this is from my observation, because again, I have not broken into the high tier premium, like highest level, right? But what I see is like when you go to mid-tier to high-tier, they have the marketing teams that can then utilize that content. And then it makes sense. The Apples, yeah. the Googles, the Budweiser's, they have, yeah. you know, they'll spend, like Super Bowl, they'll spend ridiculous amounts for commercials, right? Sure. But they know how to then use that and turn that one million commercial into 10 million, right? Yeah. On the smaller scale, they don't have a marketing team or anything like that. Like, 
a lot of it comes with like client education. Like, and if they don't have client education, you can make this $1,200 video, $5,000 commercial for your restaurant, and you give it to them, and they just post it. Mm-hmm. as no, no, hash, no good hashtag, just post it at 11 o'clock at night. Doesn't know what to do with it, but then they expect it to just like bring in tons of sales. No marketing, no strategy at all. Yeah, and, that, and that's where like you could like also like one up. Like, hey, hey, nightclub, we are going to charge you $2,000 a month, and if you want to do like a $500 add-on, we'll also run the Facebook ads, and here's our formula on how we do it. Right, hundred <clears throat> percent. You know, and that's and that's the thing. Right, if you can start to and and a lot of times, um, especially now with uh, with social media, right? You're looking at like all the marketing experts across the world talking about like, dude, this is all you need, right? So it's like if if marketing experts, if you know these guys who are multi 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 millionaires and making a shit ton of money off of marketing with iPhone video for whatever industry, like if they're telling you to do it. This way, it's like, dude, like you can't, you can't deny it. You can't say that the, this shit's not working, right? Yeah. Um, and like, even for me personally, man, like we have um, all the sales that we've generated so far are because of podcasts like this um, and breaking them down into short reels. And yeah. I, I seen that. I was like, yeah, I seen you guys are pumping them out. That's dope. Yeah. We and and that's the thing. We have a factory now, right? Like this podcast right now is being shot on an iPhone with DJI dual lav mics, right? And these mics uh, are, you know. Not cheap, but like 350 is not expensive either. <laughs> yeah, it's a small, it's a small package investment compared to what it could be. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's so, so, um, so yeah, man. Like I, uh, again, to you creatives, like I would, I would encourage you. What's going to be better for your health long term is instead of trying to sell a ten thousand dollar commercial, how do you create ten thousand dollars per month recurring revenue, right? And it's going to be hyper niching. It's going to be going after, you know, specific markets that have money. Um, and, you know, dude, like there's and also too, like, I think all of you guys should learn how to outsource to the Philippines. To uh, Vietnam is starting to look super good now. Latin America is amazing. Like, you know, India, there's all these different countries. Right. And I would start like studying and going to Google, going to YouTube on like how to outsource. Uh, and this is for like the beginner people, because like I'm imagining that if you're watching this right now, you're listening to this conversation, you're resonating with it, you're probably still like at that, you know, under $10,000 per month level. For those of you who are already building bigger agencies, um, you know, and you're probably listening to this on the drive to work or something, um, and you just don't have time, but you need people, you can hit us up. That's cool. But yeah, dude, there's we can think of like so many different products right now. Um, that we can put together, that our monthly recurring revenue, that you can hire somebody else to shoot, somebody else to edit, exactly. somebody else to project manage, and you just facilitate. And that, and that's honestly the the thing that I, and this is all, honestly that concept is new to me. Because I'm telling you, dude, like six months ago, I was like, I want to be a production company. Like yeah. that's just it. And then I do enjoy that, and I think I'll have elements of that, <clears throat> but it's I do want to be wealthy. Like mm-hmm. I do in the future. Like when I see like where I'm at. Like I do want to have financial freedom in that sense. And yeah. it's scalability. It's being able to hire employees, outsource, being able to, to just go past you. You know, because mm-hmm. what I've seen is like it's when you're in a production company or especially if you're a freelance and you could be high level freelance, creative, right? It's you're tied to time. Yeah. You know, I can if I had if I was gonna take a month off, I'm pretty much losing a month of income. Mm-hmm. Right, or I'm not getting anything. Yeah. And um, so that's when I re- uh, that exactly what you just said. That's on the small level because I'm not. It's a slow process for me, but that's what clicked to me. I was like, 
I can do these, these reels are a low barrier of entry. I can hire, mm -hmm. I have a, tons of people I know who would be in that perfect, perfect for them. They're mm -hmm. making money they're happy with, I'm making this, the client's happy, and once they kind of, you know, they have guidelines, there's a template of like, this is kind of the style and what we do, mm -hmm. I can send them. Yeah. Once that contract, and now it's like, my goal right now, the template is trying to get those monthly recurring, knock those out in a day. Right mm -hmm. from shooting to edit, because mm -hmm. I know how long it takes, and this is what I think is probably is going to help me in this sense is like I've done it, I've done editing, I've done shooting, so I know how long it takes. Because I've done it, I've yeah. knocked out ten videos and in, in like high level videos, not as commercial, of course, but like sure. content, um, pretty fast. Like in yeah, the same so day. so here's here's the thing, right? Like, and, and this is just some advice. Um, so you are obviously someone who functions at a high. You 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 function at like a high frequency, okay? Mm. So uh, just to set yourself up for success mentally, <clears throat> um, you need to know that most people are not gonna function at that level, but if they can function 70 to 80% at whatever level, even half sometimes, mm. right? Um, and this is why I told you, like, for me to replace myself in my business, yeah. I have Emmanuel who took over operations. I have Lizelle who took over finance. I have Dale who took over uh, HR. I have Kim who took over, like, the responsibility for pretty much the entire Philippines team. Um, and I have uh, <laughs> I have Peppa with me who he's, he's like, you know, Peppa's doing pretty much all of our, our shooting right now. Um, he's doing all of my BTS. He's managing all of my social media. Um, I have... So these are those are the top five that I can think of right now, and I'll have Joe who like he sets up appointments for me who yeah. uh, on the sales side, right? So I just show up and close. So like, but I I guarantee you I can shoot content better than Pepe. I can manage better than Dale. I can do billing better than Lizelle. I can do operations, but like I can do yeah. all better than all of them, right? Yeah. Um, which that and some people say that that might be a flaw too because you should be hiring people who could do stuff better. But the thing is too is like as an entrepreneur, like. <laughs> And this is, this is like, and actually, and, and I take that back, no, because every entrepreneur, high-level entrepreneur that I know, if we put our minds to something, we can become the best or yeah. you know, a, a, do things at a top tier very fast. Yeah. If, if you are a true entrepreneur, your brain is wired that way, yeah. right? Um, you know, again, like, dude, DP, I've never done it. I don't know. Give yeah. me the freaking cameras. I'll watch the YouTube videos. I'll get the experience. I'll shoot just as good as any other DP in a shorter amount of time that it took them. Mm. But that's just the way that my brain functions around these things when I'm obsessed with something. Yeah. And that's another thing is like you, if you're like me listening to this and you become obsessed with things, cause like that's, I have a very addictive personality, man. Like yeah. when I get into something, I'm like super deep. It's, it's a good and bad, it's, it's, it has, it's pros and cons. Right, so coming back to you though, you know, don't have that expectation that like, because I can edit this in a day, because I can do this, because yeah. I can, because I can, because that's, I can. That's definitely, a sh that's definitely a struggle for me because yeah. it's like getting to the, it's just being able to release some control, yeah. and that's what you, but that's what you have to do to be able to go bigger and have teams and stuff okay. like you have so, to. So here's what you should do is you should become very obsessed at first with building out the systems and mm -hmm. the processes. Um, and then from there become obsessed with sales. Like you need to put yourself in a position where you built this machine where you yeah. put something in and then <laughs> something comes out yeah. and you go sell that and be proud of that in the market, right? And, and basically like be patient with that process, right? So if it takes you three days, hey, we can deliver this in seven business days, yeah. right? Um, because now like this podcast that we're shooting now, I 
I can edit this tonight. I can have it ready tonight. I can break down reels tonight. I can do all that tonight. But is that the actual best use of my time? That makes sense. And also, it's, it's you actually, that's a good point you brought up because that's how I'm, I was thinking right now. But now that you mentioned that, that's for me right now because the beginning, it's going to be more on my play. But then once delegation begins and other people start coming in, mm-hmm. to expect that same level when they're not the same level, yeah. especially if I'm hiring people who are like, you know, a little more fresh to like shooting and stuff like that, but still get the job done. Mm-hmm. That is a really good point. I hadn't even thought of that. That makes sense. Because if I set like, for example, I just thought of this as a flaw of my own idea, which was basically like if I say, oh, because I could do it. I could do one day turnaround on, yeah. this, on your entire thing. If I set that as a standard, now clients are expecting that. Maybe these people are higher, aren't able to do that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, then I put myself in a situation where I'm kind of... Yeah, and also like this is another thing too, right? So I, I want, I'm going to do a visual for you that kind of helps me. Yeah. Helps me under helps me when I'm thinking about like my own businesses and my own processes as well. Um, so um, so we call it like the founder effect, right? Mm-hmm. So right now, like for example, my business partner Brendan in the real estate marketing world, yeah, he he faces competitors where like, hey, we'll shoot your house today and your reels will be done tomorrow. Yeah, you could do that for now, but that's the founder's effect. That's Currently, you can do that because you're not dealing with so much volume, mm. and you, you're you're if you're offering that, you're only going to be able to offer that for a temporary amount of time. That makes sense. Because when you start doing things at volume, you have to think of it like this. All right, visually speaking, if you were to make ten hamburgers, what do you need? Right, think about this. Uh, if I'm cooking ten hamburgers, I need one grill, and I could probably do everything on one counter. I cook the burgers here, and then I can put the buns, the cheese, the tomatoes, everything mm-hmm. on one, right? Okay. Uh, and that's going to, let's say I needed 10 burgers in one hour. I need 10,000 burgers in one hour now. Oof. Mentally, what's that picture look like? Well, you know, if, I, if each grill can only cook like, you know, 30 at a time, or each, okay, I'll probably need this many, way more grills, right? In different buildings, maybe? Know. Two buildings? I don't know about two buildings, but you know, like, let's just, but I, I need stations that are just for grills. I need more grill stations. This first table's probably only buns. This next table, you know, a few tables are only cheese. This next yeah. few tables are only condiments, right? And, and this is how, you know, when you scale, right? <laughs> They, things need to go down, um, you know, different departments and different uh, different tables in this case to make all these burgers, to make that same amount of burgers in one time. And when you're building something, you feel stupid because when you're building like this, you know, this machine, this marketing machine, like... Beppe, how dumb did you feel when we were building? You're like, why Why do we have a phase one, two, three, four? Why do I got to go in here? Right? It's like, it's dumb. But then it's like, oh, wait, we hired three editors and oh, they go here. Then we hired the copywriter. Oh, they go there. And then we hired a distributor. Oh, they go there. And then it's like, yeah. but it, then it makes sense when you start seeing the machine working. Yeah. But when you're the founder and you're all by yourself and you're like... <laughs> Oh, why am I a burger here? And then I gotta go here. And then I gotta go here. And then I gotta go here. It's dumb because like I could just do it right here, which yeah. is what you're describing. Is I can just get it done right now fast. That makes sense. But so at the beginning, it doesn't feel natural. Yeah. It doesn't feel intuitive. It feels kind of weird. But that's mm. how you have to scale. That's right? kind of like planning for like uh, for like the capacity of what it will be in the future, but what. Not now, right? Yeah, because like, dude, like this is a lot of a lot of times, like for companies, like founders, like okay, one day you're going to have to have a CRM. 
it feels dumb when I, bro, like I could just pick up my phone right now and call somebody and be like, yo, you want to buy my shit? Great. Let me send you a contract. But it feels dumb when you add a step of like, let me go to the CRM, let me put this person in a contact, create them a profile, leave a note that I called, okay? And then it's dumb mm. to take these 10 steps. But then yeah. you'll know why you took those 10 steps when you have five, 10 different salespeople selling your shit. Because then you can't scale a sales team with, every, with all 10 people calling leads and they all have private conversations that are not logged in a central database where everybody can access it. It feels stupid. Mm. But yeah. now you're the founder and because you took these 10 steps and you, talk, and you taught all these salespeople how to take 10 steps, when, so, when, when a, a salesperson's struggling, you can go log in the system and be like, oh, okay, dude, I see why you're struggling. Every time you're at this yeah. step, you keep, you, you keep fucking this up. You keep, you, you, they ask you what the price is and you tell them. Yeah. But instead, you don't build value first. And I can tell because of these steps here. Okay, if you wanna close more deals, we have to build the value and let me show you how. You gotta make sure we take them through these steps and then you give them a price. Because yeah. if I tell you that this cup of water here is $100, what are you gonna tell me? No, dude. <laughs> you can right. get water for free. Yeah. Okay, this, cu this cup of water right here, bro, is gonna make you have the best sex with your girlfriend she's ever had. It's gonna add 10 more years on your life. And uh, on top of that, you're not gonna have any wrinkles on your face. You got me. No, I was kidding. <laughs> Right, so yeah. with these systems, and <laughs> bad example, probably if there's girls watching, it's a little vulgar. But the, <laughs> but the point is, though, that I'm making is that when you're building these processes, it feels dumb Yeah. when you're solo. <sighs> but as you're building it, just start envisioning like, okay, how many steps, when I'm, when I'm doing this one thing in a day, how many steps am I actually taking and how many different people can I break this away? And then after it's done, there's revisions, there's other shit that needs to happen. Who's gonna handle those follow-ups, right? Like, you have to start thinking that one day, <laughs> all these things are gonna have departments. Yeah. And one day, the people that you hire are gonna be supervisors, and then managers, and then directors, and then, yeah. <sighs> you know? Yeah, you know, it's the interesting thing. One of the things I'm kind of struggling with, with the concept of going from like the concept of a production company to like agency and stuff, mm -hmm. is honestly, I, I battle my my artist. Mm -hmm. And that's like such a, such a struggle for me, because I feel like I'm right in between of like artist, business, entrepreneur, and um, I'm trying to just blend the two because I, I constantly get into like a headspace of like, okay, how do I maximize? How do I get max profit? Things like that. But then that sometimes lead me, leads me to a space where I'm not doing things I genuinely enjoy and like is my skill. So then it's like, it's kind of hard for me because like, it's like the artist with the business side. Okay. And I'm, like I'm going like, to ask you a question. Yeah. Let's say you took home $25,000 this month. You took it home. Mm. Okay, maybe half that goes to taxes, whatever, 13.5, mm. whatever. Yeah. Okay. Would that feel pretty good? Yes. The only thing I would say about that is I feel like I've, I've never, up until this point, like I'm never going to say I'm rich or super wealthy, but I feel like I've been very blessed to have many experiences and tons of freedom. Like I've never had a traditional job. I went straight from high school to teaching parkour just because I was like, I'm not, I had an interview that was the worst interview of my life and the dude was like a total dick and just like, was just flexing power on me and made me feel stupid for no reason. And from that moment, I left that job interview. He offered mm -hmm. me the job and I said, no, I was like, I'm not. Yeah, so I'm, who, who pays your rent if you don't work? No, I, I definitely agree with that. I'm just trying to like, I, cause here's an example. When I think about the agency, I'm thinking about, okay, how do I do numbers, right? Like, like as you should for a business. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. But then the thing that 
that pulls me is the artist in me that wants to create the amazing pieces of like commercial work. Sure. But, you know, making this agency as like high volume, easier, smaller form content, which mm-hmm. is has a higher um, ceiling for uh, profitability, right? Like just, it, it, I could just see off like easily looking at both of them, like, okay, this would make me more money. But it's just, that's, I'm just bringing that up because that's one thing I battle with as, a, as an artist and as a creative that just, Sometimes, like I do stuff just for the love, and it's not even like someone's getting over on me. Like okay. my friends so, will create. So let's come back to the original question. You, yeah. you, you paid your half your taxes. You got thirteen point five in your bank. What's your rent per month? Uh, honestly, my rent's pretty low, like seven fifty. Okay, great. Yeah. You paid seven fifty. Paid your car note, whatever. You got like ten k. Yeah. Okay, but because you built an agency that you were not passionate about, you don't even really like the work. You're just good at it. Mm. And now you actually have 90% of your time to do whatever you want. Yeah. Then you go do what you're passionate about. And you know what? Passion's way better when there's no obligation. That's true, too. That, that's a good point, too. Me and my friends will talk about that as well. That, and this is actually what some creators tell me that, that uh, keeps them from jumping into, like, oh, making photography my thing or video my, getting money from it, is um, they don't want their passion to become, a, like, work like no, there's times it where it sucks yeah they, i've definitely felt that there's times where i'm just doing these jobs and i'm like i love this thing mm-hmm. but i'm not loving it right now dude this is this is why like i don't charge for coaching this is why if somebody's an outsource plug client now somebody buys market you i will coach you for free mm. you're supporting me and one of these products that i thought of and i built and uh, you're paying me monthly hit me up my business partner charges seven fifty an hour, which is cool for him, and I'm happy that he likes doing that, and that's what's up. Yeah. For me, I think coaching and helping and giving back is my passion, uh, which is why I like doing these podcasts, yeah. right? Free game, um, you know. And it's like, dude, like why? And also, too, mental health. My dude, if and here's the thing: nobody can ever tell me like, Anthony, you let me down, <laughs> bro. I knew that I got depressed for months. Yeah. Which is why I don't charge you, because. I'm going to give you value. You're going to buy one of these products that I don't have to manage, don't have to fulfill, yeah. don't have to do anything. I built a system for it. You bought that. And then when I'm mentally healthy and when I'm mentally available, I'll, I'll coach for you. Yeah, that, that's actually that's a, that's a good thought process on that. That makes sense, though, definitely. <clears throat> it works for me, right? Yeah. It works for me, and um, I encourage creatives to, to think that way. Do something that you're not passionate about. Do something that you're just fucking good at. You're really, really, really good at, um, I don't know, yeah. what, whatever, something that can make you a lot of money and get that money. And, and also, too, like, here's another thing, too. Okay, let's, let's play the devil's advocate. Fuck it. Dude, do 12 hours a day as a DP. Go fucking ham. Live like shit and put your money in real estate mm-hmm. and buy real estate to the point where you have $10,000 a month cash flowing, uh, cash flowing 10K a month. Do that. Yeah. You don't have to fucking build a business that brings you all this money. You just have to figure out how to get cash flow to come in without you doing shit. Yeah. That's the that's really the end goal. Yeah. Because at that point, it moves you to the investor class, right? And that's where we're all supposed to be heading is to get our money to be slaves to us so that it comes back in. But it's like you know, there's multiple ways to get there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. Live on a fucking couch. Make twenty thousand dollars, you know, like what's the most you can make as a, uh, as a DP in like a busy ass month? 
I don't for me personally it, it really goes up and down I've talked to a friend recently this last week he's like yeah it's pretty calm like 20k okay 20k on the shoot go go make 20k live on a couch spend fucking no more than 1500 in a month the rest of your fucking money you know in six months go buy a property fucking flip that like dude so many different ways to get yeah. it you don't you don't have to start an agency yeah because you can get cash flow other ways too yeah definitely Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, so just, just it's, it's really just about like switching around your mindset, right? Hey, Pepe, how, how deep are we in? 56 minutes. Wow, dude, I'm pretty Damn. good at like calling that hour mark, Damn. man. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, I can, I can feel like, you know, yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, I can feel the 56. <laughs> it's, hey, no, you just have a twitch in your eye like, oh, it's 56. <laughs> yeah, man. So, you know what? So with, with that being said, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of like wrap this and if we, if we should have a... Or we, we can have a follow-up conversation on this. So, like, if yeah. there are creatives that listen to this and they're like, dude, I want to know more or I'm, I want to debate you. I want to, you know, like, dude, I'm open to debate. I don't think I'm right about everything. I just know what's worked for me. I know what's worked for um, yeah. entrepreneurs who own creative businesses around me. And I've seen, dude, I, I you know, fuck, I feel my heart goes out to most creatives, bro. My heart goes out to most creatives because they will, like, most creatives that I know will forever be broke. And it's such a sad thing because they're yeah. so skilled, they're so good at what they do, but they let that inner creative completely take control of them, right? Yeah. So uh, in any case, this is really the part of the podcast though where, uh, dude, I, I want you know whoever's looking at this and also this is the part where we break it down into short form content. You know, someone's struggling right now. Someone is, you know, they need, uh, you know, they need some uplift in their life man so what do you say to that person right now who's thinking about giving up who you know is, is ready to put the camera down ready to fucking you know just end everything definitely um are you talking about just like on the mentality part like the business side uh, i'm talking anything someone's yeah i'll just think of it like i'm talking to one of my friends um <clears throat> well honestly like um I use myself as an example as a creative, um, and I feel like this is something that isn't talked about a lot, especially well in a lot of fields. But I'm gonna speak from my own field, as a creative field. Um, the lows, the lows of, of being a creative. It's an entrepreneur as well, but the lows of of like for me, example, like sometimes there's highs and lows. The money is up here. I'm getting jobs every week. It's gonna killing it. These are creative, fun sports ads. This, that. Oh, this is awesome. Getting free food. And this is crazy. And sometimes it's crickets. And um, yeah, one thing that really helped me in those times is knowing that you're not alone. Like the other creatives, myself included, if you guys know me, I, I've, this is like, um, and I don't mean to say this in any way that's like bragging or anything like that, but a lot of times when I meet people, they'll have a perception of my life that's way, and it's, you know, we all do it on social media, we put our best foot forward, right? But they have this perception that like I'm killing it. Every business is just booming like crazy. Mm -hmm. Everything is so fun and exciting and I'm just running around doing fitness and flips and working with people <laughs> and do, living the life and traveling to Thailand. And it's all just like, people talk to me like, whoa, dude, Rich, you're doing all this crazy shit. And on the reality, a lot of times it's like eight hours a day. I don't even leave my house. I'm just editing, I'm emailing clients. I'm figuring out like, okay, business structures, I'm trying different proposal styles, like just learning. And some of those days, like it's just complete tank. You know, and I don't always post that, you know, I probably should do that because I appreciate it when people do that. But the biggest thing that I've appreciated and seeing people who are in the similar space for me is that you're not alone. And the people who look like they're killing it. And I've talked to many people who, 
You look at them, 280,000 followers, 100,000 followers, you're getting all this money on these jobs, and then you talk to them personally. Um, I'm one of those people as well that it's not always just, you know, sunshines and rainbows. And that all of us creatives and entrepreneurs, are, we go through these highs and lows, and those lows will happen. Um, I think what's also helped me is knowing, and I use my past as an example, I've been through, it could be a breakup, it could be business failures, I could, I've started a business, lost my friends, like I've done that personally too. And um, it's just knowing that like, okay, I got over that part, you know, and I could do it again. And the other thing too is in my highs, what I try to do is I try to build a system, a strong network of people around me. Cause I know kind of similar to what you're saying, like with going up and down with like the bipolar, right? I know I'm gonna tank. Like I could be on a wave of just like, oh, going crazy, business is good, everything's good and doing these events and blah, blah, blah. And then I know like sometime the next month, next month and a half, it's gonna be a week or two and it's just gonna tank. And that's just what happens. And I think it's natural. You know, it could be something that offsets it, but that happens. And now it's like in the highs, I remember that the high isn't gonna stay always high. So use that time, build good friendships, build like a good network of people to support you. And like luckily, like one thing I did is I, I've, uh, shout out to my homies on this one. Um, I created a small mastermind group and it's super tiny. Mm -hmm. You know, I started with seven people, but yeah. I recognized that in myself. I was like, okay, I need a, a group of hustlers that I'm accountable to that when I do feel low, I see their success. I see them grinding and that, and they also kind of pick me up. When I'm on that last stretch and it's at the end of the month or whatever, and I'm just like, man, I'm burnt out. Maybe business isn't as good and I'm yeah. kind of feeling low in energy. They just kind of drag me and they kind of uplift me. So really being like mindful of trying to set that up. So when I hit the lows, I'm not just hitting rock bottom. Yeah. You know, it's like a trampoline. Love that, dude. Yeah. Love that. So surround yourself with uh, good people, man. And uh, I hope that you'll come around my network a little more and uh, we'll get you a product built and put you on sales, man, because that's where 90% of our time needs to be, sales. Yeah. But oh, yeah. with that being said, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, also, if people want to reach out to you, how do they do that? Um, yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Rich Visual. So you spell it rich like money and V-I-Z for visual. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. All right, man. Thank you for actually coming yeah. down here. Yeah, I appreciate on. it, brother. Yeah. You've been listening to the Scalability Podcast. Don't forget to share with a friend and follow for more resources on how to profitably grow your business beyond the limits of your personal time, energy, and skills. Get out my way.